A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM. Hello, big interview listeners. Beloved big interview listeners. Here's something new. There isn't such a thing as an exactly typical week for me, but what's pretty predictable is that I'll see and hear or do things that I can't or don't need to write in the papers or say in the radio. So instead of the big interview, this is the big inside view. See what we've done there? Clever, eh? You'll get regular updates from me, from Barcelona, from Spain, exclusive news on La Liga and beyond, my own analysis of what's happening in Spain or across Europe, a peek behind the curtain at what I've been doing that week. For example, the little details of meetings with football clubs, football players, training interviews, things that don't make it to the final edit for various reasons, plus a look under the rug at what I've been up to away from the world of football. Next month, we'll be launching a big interview members club and we want the big inside view to be part of a larger offering to our subscribers or socios as we call them in this part of the world. There'll be more information coming very soon on new shows, big name, interesting guests and how to subscribe. Meanwhile, listen to this pilot episode with me, and producer Neil asking the questions. Enjoy. Okay, Graham. So summer's here and the living is easy. Uh, For you, maybe not so much. It is for you and me, because finally we've got a little bit of holidays, but not for, for example, all the players that we're going to be talking about on uh, on this, um, the big inside view, because they're all back at training largely, Neil. It, it was a surprise to me when I was talking to Sky Sports News this week that they, they hadn't been aware of Kylian Mbappe in Manchester City because during the time that you and I have been working in this business, we've become used to the idea that as opposed to when I began as a, as a trainee football reporter and it was um, frowned upon to look at sources across Europe. If your club didn't tell you it was happening as a journalist, then it wasn't happening. And now the, the news across Europe is pretty homogenous. If it's breaking news about a big player in one of the main European countries and within about six hours, it's breaking news in the same form in every one of the countries around Europe, particularly in the transfer market. So, to find out this week that, that Sky Sports News were slightly unaware of Manchester City's desire for Mbappe was a surprise to me, which is why I ended up talking on the channel about it. But he's back right now in La Tourbie, above the, you know, in the cliffs overlooking um, the Mediterranean in Monte Carlo, training flat out, as are, we're not going to focus on Real Madrid hugely today, but they're back being worked to their, to their core by Pintus, the Italian fitness trainer who... I think accounted for a great deal of the last two seasons of success was Dan when Madrid finished the season in, in prime shape, something that is the holy grail for all leading clubs. So Mbappe's back. He's going to have a friendly match against Stoke. The big thing is he continues to say, Neil, um, 
I don't know where I'm going to be playing next season. And he continues to say, I can't guarantee I'll be at Monaco. The lineup is like this. Real Madrid, who followed him and met him since he was 14. Manchester City, Paris Saint-Germain. And Monaco saying to him, you know, we'll give you gigantic wages to stay at least another year. Something that most senior pros might be saying, no matter how good you are at 18, take that extra year. I don't claim to know um, where he's going to find out, but I can tell you that City's information, when they're bartering, when they're hog trading with the people that represent Mbappe, City's people are being told that Madrid's offer is that if Mbappe will sign for them, then they'd be willing to lose one of the the BBC, um, Benzema, Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo, and possibly allow Jose Mourinho to fulfil his wish to repatriate um, Gareth Bale to the Premier League. That's all speculative because it's part of their strategy. It's not affairs that are happening, not in business this instant. But part of Madrid's strategy to get Mbappe to try and beat Manchester City is saying we would even let one of the big three go if you will sign for us. That's how hot a property this young Frenchman is. All right. Did you see the Benucci to Milan transfer happening before the news broke this week? No, and, and what's more, I think it's it's something of a shock in, in many different ways because the, 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 the crux is that he's fallen out irrevocably with Maxi Allegri. Now, the two of them are architects of this recent success. There's no question that you can... Um, what is the thing about success is few fathers and failure has many? Um, it's rather different, I think, at Juventus. The planners, the buyers, those who recruited Allegri, the way in which they bought and sold since their previous Champions League final, which they lost in 2015 to um, Barcelona, the rebuilding of the team. But the steady factors, two of the key steady factors, have been Allegri and Bonucci. And in a match against Palermo last season, when Bonucci tried to act as a quasi-coach on the pitch, which some coaches allowed, Diego Simeone allowed Griezmann in a Champions League match last season to, to tr- openly, in mid-match, beg with him to change his idea of the substitutions. And Simeone is, I think, accurately portrayed as one tough hombre, one guy you wouldn't want to cross. But because of the situation, because of the player, he let that flow and was happy to talk about why. Whereas in Juve uh, Palermo, when Bonucci wanted more from Marquisio and a different change from the manager, Allegri went on the front foot, front foot and swore at and cursed him out badly. And it transpires that anybody who watched the Champions League final in Cardiff, Neil, and saw what subsequently you could define as truth when the players, Zidane's players said, he said to us, close the gaps, be on the ball more, press them more tightly, give them less room, they're about to topple. If you up your energy rate and you keep the ball better and press them better when you don't have it, they'll topple and they'll collapse. And the scoring ratio and the way the two sides performed in the second half made that sound a bang-on interpretation from Zizou. What we didn't know is that there was outright warfare in the in the UV dressing room. That um, Bonucci and Dani Alves were tucking into Dybala and saying, more effort, you're not giving us enough, you need to show for the ball more. Allegri stepped in to defend the young Argentinian, Barzagli, backed the Argentinian and the coach. And it was between Barzagli and Bonucci, this extraordinary BBC of their own, um, Barzagli, Bonucci and Chiellini, which has been the the founding stone of Juventus in Italy's power over the last four or five years. Bazzali and and, and Bonucci are are pretty much broken after that. I know that you have training ground rows, but this this divided them in a way that they weren't coming back together and Allegri wasn't coming back together with Bonucci. Bonucci has to be 
depending on personal preferences, in your top, your list of the top three, four central defenders in the world, some would say one. The, the surprise to me would be, A, that, or the surprise was, that it, neither Chelsea or Conte was obsessed with getting him, reuniting himself with him, or City, where the pairing of Bonucci and Stones, given the signings of, of Walker at one side um, and Ederson in goals, um, you're already looking at, um, and, I, and I think they'll get Mendy too um, from Monaco, you would have been looking at an almost entirely reshaped um, back five at City. You'd have been looking at the player who not only could bring the ball out and maintain possession and waltz past the first line of pressure in Bonucci, pressure, Bonucci for, for Pep Guardiola's preferences, but who could have been, either by osmosis or by direct hands-on, could have been the teacher for Stones in terms of positioning, when to release the ball, when not to, when to dribble, when to look super cool, when to find Rosette in possession of the ball in the penalty area. And therefore, the, the fact that that, didn't, that move didn't take place near was a surprise. And to go to Milan, not only because Milan are, are, are clearly eternal rivals to Juve, but they've been an ultra flaky club of late. They've only just been sold to Chinese owners. The Chinese owners could, took months and months and months and broke I think, three deadlines in terms of buying the club out. There isn't a lot of clarity about the Chinese owners and, and where the wealth comes from. And therefore, although the signings are good, and although the signing team that the Chinese owners had standing by and, and what would you call it, doing shadow operations during the months that the, the purchase couldn't take place, they've, they've, Andrew Silva is an example um, potentially you know, convincing young keeper Donnarumma to stay. There are other signings, but Bonucci going there tells you that the, an elite world footballer is going to a club where he can't guarantee that they'll get it right over the next two, three seasons. They look on the right track. They're signing better. They should be a little bit less flaky, but he's going somewhere and it's influenced, as you know, by his kid, Matteo, who had long problems and two big operations. Bonucci broke down in a press conference last autumn. Um, I remember we talked about it, crying in public because it just overtook him. The, 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 the fairly innocuous question about the well-being of his younger son, his older son, he's a Torino fan, an avowed Torino fan. So the family are kind of, you know, they've got a history of making firm, strange decisions. So Bonucci in Milan, and for the price, Neil, the price is weird. The, of the whole thing... I think the price is probably the weirdest. All right, so now we're looping back to Manchester City, which you know you mentioned them as one of the suitors for Mbappe. Are people seeing City coming and changing the price tag in the shop window? Yes, they're remodeling a defence, which is absolutely necessary, and Kyle Walker is a fantastic fullback, but is he that fantastic? The first thing to say is that Dani Alves was first choice. I know without question that last week Dani Alves shook hands and gave his word to Pep Guardiola that he was joining. Did the same to Chiqui Bagarastein, who is the more important guy in terms of the operation. The more important guy for Dani Alves was Pep Guardiola, who was going to be his coach, who didn't revitalise, but who changed, who galvanised Dani's career in 2008 and brought him to this position now where he's the Brazilian. I mean, let's just say that in big red letters. The Brazilian of all time with the most club trophies. I mean, kind of wow. And, you know, what kind of relationship I've got with Danny I like him immensely he's very friendly to me but that my regard for him is not based upon his eccentricity his dress sense his sense of humor it's because he's an extraordinary gymnastic technically able inventive footballer who's um 
pluses vastly outweighs Achilles' heel of of being a little bit adventurous defensively. And therefore, that that was the that was the first deal. That was the done deal. And Walker was an opportunity because Pochettino has turned his frowny eye on on Walker. There are things about Walker's attitude to life and attitude to maybe having a slightly rebellious view compared to what the the, the trainer likes. The Argentinian is not a guy who's like um, on people all the time like Pep Guardiola, but there's a similarity given that. It has to, things have to be done Pochettino's way, and if you break the waves too often, you're out. He's not a guy who'll look for uh, compromise and consolidation. There'll be a little bit of rope, you know. It's not like one day one mistake that's you gone. There's a little bit of rope, but after that, if the rope gets too long as a player, you'll hang yourself with Pochettino. And that it was known within the football industry that Walker was movable. The price was. Um, an issue, Danny Alves arriving or not arriving, and as of last week, they believed he was going to be arriving at City. So it, it, that's maybe a little snapshot of the mercurial nature of the transfer market. You have to be juggling two, three options for a position. Close at home for you, Barcelona, what's happening at the camp now? Home territory, although I have to admit, what with going to New York and being in Aberdeen and London recently, I've spent less time in Catalonia than those places. Although that hasn't meant that things have gone quiet. They, they haven't. Nelson Semedo is probably the hot item because all summer it's been Verratti. We know that because in the midfield, they are short of an elite footballer who plays the Barca way. And that's why there's been confusion about now that Verratti is is consigned as one of the most difficult deals Barcelona have tried to do since God, I don't know when. Ronaldinho may be even that difficult. Verratti's not done. We'll come to him in a second. It's not over, is all I'm saying. Paulinho, that rangy, big, powerful, hard-running Brazilian, um, who's in the Chinese league at the moment, who shone in the Confeds Cup um, prior to the Brazil World Cup, shone there and looked right, um, was part of the Brazil side that demolished Spain, went to Spurs, didn't make his mark, and doesn't seem to be, and, and I would have to back this, I would not be against him as a footballer at any football club because you've seen the things that he can do well. But if a football club like Barcelona are intent on signing Verratti and you can say, look, he's the young Iniesta or he's a mix of Iniesta and Xavi and he's the right age, he's the right experience, his temperament is brilliant. And he is, a, I think he's a supremely gifted footballer and I think his mentality is is. He could he could walk into the Madrid midfield even now the Barca midfield right now any elite club in my opinion in Europe would want this guy in there and if you don't get him then you send you try to send Paulinho well that's the kind of deal that leaves people scratching their heads about football directors and, and strategy and consistency and it does me but in the meantime while that debate has been going on they finally I think put up a top on the on the leaking problem that was the right back since Dan- hey, Danny Alves comes up again, since Danny Alves left to go to Juventus a season ago. Nelson Semedo is a young Portuguese, um, a guy from a country where they've actually got three or four elite level right backs. Semedo's at Benfica. When Benfica is something that in the big inside view we're going to have to come back to because their ability to spot, sign, develop, win and sell begins to rank them with Porto and Sevilla. As, as one of the most extraordinary outfits anywhere in Europe. Anyway, Semedo is here, paraded at the camp now um, yesterday. 
hard running, not unlike Walker. Um, very athletic, very competitive. He's been saying all the right things about like I'll, you know, in no causes lost for me. I love the. I play for the jersey. Okay, fine. You look at him. He's young, very aggressive, capable on the ball. Looks like he'll free um, Sergio Roberto, who's an outstanding footballer, but not a 200 meter runner like Semedo is. And it will keep Alex Vidal as the auxiliary right back and. There begins to look like a little bit of equilibrium, a little bit of balance between the right side of defence and the midfield for Football Club Barcelona. So without solving all the problems, because the Verratti thing, they, they trod on Paris Saint-Germain's toes, or at least the owners. The owners from Qatar have a different sense of how a deal can and can't be done. Club owner, and you know, underlying that word, owner, how things are done, is a very different idea from the sort of ugly Machiavellian pitched battle that you can have between ordinary European clubs where they call each other every name under the book, but they both know that the bottom line is money and that a deal will be done. Well, with Paris Saint-Germain, the fact that Verratti's agent came out and kind of said Verratti's a prisoner of the of the owners, that, that didn't help anything. And at the moment, um, Paris Saint-Germain are saying, not only is he not for sale, we won't even talk about it. The odds very firmly favour the fact that Verratti stays at Paris Saint-Germain, but because Barcelona are so intent on getting him, that deal shouldn't be consigned as impossible until late in August. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, Martin and I at Backpage, one of the things that we most enjoy about regularly conversing with you, that the listeners up until this point have not been able to share and is catching up with the reality of your working week. We want to know when the season starts going, what's been going down in the mix zones, at the matches that you go to, you know, what's your take on the games that you're seeing, who you've been interviewing for your various, the various broadcast and print outlets, for whom you work. But let's just run through where you've been and who you've been speaking to, what's been going on. Yeah, it's been on the, on the return from New York, which is one hell of a trip. I mean, I know it's, People don't really know about New York. It's an underpublicized city with not much history or culture. But I could, rec- I could recommend people to go there. Um, the most exceptional holiday of my life. Uh, but on my return there, the, you know, my first point of drop-off would be Krakow in Poland, where the under-21 final took place. Spain, Germany. Germany won it. And, you know, I would commend Kunz's team because I didn't like... The, the, it's met- Metaphorically, it's everything that takes me from maybe the Rijkaard team through Guardiola to now and, and what I've liked about Spanish football and, and La Roja and the Dabosque and that, that Spain side, um, coached by Salades, was full of brilliant players who'd lit up the tournament and played front foot. Germany can play, but um, Kuntz picked a team to run and to hunt and to press and to asphyxiate and it paid off, so kudos to him. But what we didn't see is a great game of football. What we didn't understand clearly is whether Saul, tired at the end of a gigantic campaign, or Ceballos, who is a, an extraordinary footballer with a pretty ugly character, and who's just joined Real Madrid, and, and will thrill the fans there if given the chance. 
But others, you know, around the team, Delafeo didn't shine, I didn't think, and Williams didn't come on soon enough. Overall, Bain failed the audition to pass their way or dribble their way through the pressure. But Kunz's team produced something absolutely exceptional. It's worth following those who were um, an under-21 B-side because the ones who were eight of the players who would have formed Kunz's under-21 side in that European Championships in Poland were actually in the Confeds Cup and winning it, meaning that a lot of the senior German players who are going to defend their World Cup in Russia next year are undoubtedly going to make it there and defend it. Um, took a rest, which is brilliant, brilliant work by Jogi Lowe. But the little name I'm going to throw at people for them to follow that didn't come out of the tournament as as a sort of superhero but should have done is Julian Pollersbeck, um, the German goalkeeper who won the tournament, who had exceptional moments, not just saves, but saves at particular times, the, the type of saves he produced, the attitude he showed during the quieter times in games, the concentration, his ability to begin the play. When you see a footballer, they just emanate something special, something different. I remember the first time I saw Neuer winning a penalty shootout for Schalke, and it wasn't just the saves. Leadership and power and will to win did kind of emanate from it. So I'm saying, want to watch Julian Polisbeck. I don't know what you want to call it next. You participated in one of them. We've got, I think we can say, can't we, for the big interview that it's coming up, Jamie Murray. But Jamie is one of that rare breed of beautiful men who phone up and say, I'd like to be on the big interview, please. Wouldn't life be easier, Neil, if, if could could we make that the way forward? So Jamie said that we got in touch and said, listen, I you know, I fly the world to, to, to carry out my professional responsibilities in the ATP Tour. And that means non-stop hours in hotels and aeroplanes. And lo and behold, the big interview was helping him get to his number one status in the world. Wimbledon winner before, US Open, Australian winner before... Without blowing the, the content of the, the podcast, Jamie is funny and he's um, wide ranging the topics that he's good on. Um, bright, bright man, strong views and a really worthwhile visit down to see him in London just before Wimbledon. And let's hope by the time this goes out, he's Wimbledon winner for the second time. Krakow done, New York done, London done. <laughs> Sounds good think, when you say it like that, doesn't it? I think we're heading north now. Well, we are we are, we are, are going north, although I'll reference back to Jamie Murray, Neil, because one of the things we talked about during Wimbledon is him taking the piss out of me. <laughs> because in Aberdeen recently, I did do a Sky Sports Live thing um, when I was helping uh, launch the Dennis Law Cruyff Court. Johan Cruyff, in the last stages of his life, I'm talking about the latter 15 years of his life, decided that to give back to football, he wanted kids around the world to be able to learn their creativity, their tricks, their resilience um, in a way that he did on the Amsterdam streets. And we all know that street football, the street football values are things we'd like to see in professional soccer right now. But the street football environment has almost disappeared. And therefore, Cruyff courts are 24 hour open, free metal cages with goals at either end and top grade I mean, top grade AstroTurf uh, pitch, floodlights that local kids, for free, it's not bookable, can come and press a button and the floodlights go on. So they want to play at 10 at night in the middle of winter, they blooming well can, and for free. I think it's an exceptional project. And my friends at, at Street Sport, and this is worth a mention too, because Street Sport runs on its own initiative, the volunteers, they pack up a football court in the back of their van and they can just unroll this football court with walls, and goals and a surface on any old concrete surface anywhere in the city, in Aberdeen, 
something that they've done well over 50,000 times on a voluntary basis. And Street Sport is an organisation that is dedicated to going to um, areas of decline or urban problems in the city and going to where the cops and the fire service say this is a hotspot, meaning that there's a problem. Maybe that cars are being vandalised, maybe that fires are being set by kids. They roll out street sport and the problem goes away. I was speaking to a cop who was there and he said, listen, if, I, if we have a problem area, if we phone up street sport and kind of like Ghostbusters, they roll out, take the back of the van out and lay down their pitch and kids come and play and the problems disappear. It's extraordinary. So we go and, and Dennis Law is to be there to launch the court. The Iron Croix people who I know well from Amsterdam are going to be there. I asked to go and um, help speak a little bit at the event and in the afternoon Dennis is um, being awarded um, an honorary doctorate of law he would be given he's the law man from Robert Gordon University at his majesty's theatre and I have to stand up in the ceremony and propose Dennis for it and that would rank as one of the happiest proudest moments of um, my adult life I have to say but going back to where Jamie was taking the maquette me at the Johan Cruyff court launch of course I'd said to Sky Sports News do you want to come you an interview with Dennis. I'll talk about <clears throat> Spanish transfers if you want. And I did open the package with Rob Wharton and Rob said, you know, in the studio in London, and up to Aberdeen, to his native city, here's Graham Hunter to tell us about the Johan Cruyff Tennis Law Court. And my answer was, well, welcome to Aberdeen on the day that the club goes back into European football. And the city is the home of the club with, uh, the only club in Scotland with two European trophies and those two beautiful UEFA stars. And I thought, well, I can't. I've rammed that in, which I do quite often in a fairly subtle way, and you know, some people will catch it. And Jamie texted me to say that he got it immediately and cracked up and was was laughing and falling off his chair as he as he watched it on Sky Sports News. And hello Glasgow, hello Edinburgh. We got the Cruyff Court because of Dennis Law because he won the Ballon d'Or, and the Cruyff people said Ballon d'Or winner Aberdeen. That'll do for our first Cruyff Court. This was one of those occasions where I got that vibe where I was like, I can't believe what the hell is a guy like me doing in the middle of all this in my city with the Cruyff people here, with the street sport people, I'm brimming with admiration for them. And Dennis Law is here and I get to propose him for an honorary degree. And as a day, as days, as 24 hour periods go, <clears throat> apart from the result at Pataudry that night, that was, that was five star, that was blooming special. Okay, I said I liked it when we find out what you've been up to for your work, but almost as entertaining, if not more so, sometimes is what you're getting up to outside of work. What we wanted to do when we started talking about ideas for this show was to get you to give us, at the end, just a few tips, what you're doing, what you've been up to. Well, at this, at this stage, I've been so busy that my um, nightlife has been a little bit more curtailed than, than you're used to. But I want to say, because this is a quickfire round, um, uh, correct, I'm most excited about Paul Weller coming to Barcelona this September. Tickets bought, going to be there. Standing arena, not like the last time he came to Barcelona where there was ditches laid out in a beautiful public garden and I was the only one dancing. Although Paul flicked me his uh, plectrum and I've still got that in my chain around my neck. But he's coming to Barcelona in September and I'm very excited. Our friends at Copper Dog, um, looks like the um, chance to talk football with Kasabian is coming off. Looking forward to doing that. Um, know their music. Don't know their football skills so well, but saw Serge, I think, scoring an unbelievable goal in a sort of charity celebrity match. So it looks like that could be fun and interesting. I want to say a little loving thanks to our mutual friend, Kevin Bridges, who tipped to me first, first ahead of anybody, exclusively live on the phone, Gary, Ma Gary Mackay Stevens to Pataudry. Kevin, you were right. I've got to fling in there the idea that the germ of an idea, which was born with Backpage Press, 
you and Martin Craig came to me and said, why don't you write a book about Barcelona? With much persuasion, I wrote it. It's been very popular. Um, and then recently, a great friend of mine, Duncan McMath from Zoom, Zoom Sport, a brilliant Zoom Sport video film production company in Barcelona, said, why don't we make the book into a film again? Um, it was the sighted leading the blind. I took a little bit of persuading, um, which is something you'll remember and recognise from the Italian restaurant where you made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Although the, <clears throat> the tape's gone under the system in the toilet next to Central Station was a bit too much in retrospect. But the film is made. Um, we're proud of it. We've had the participation of Xavi and Iniesta and PK and Puyol. And who's that other? Messi, who said, yeah, I want to be in this, even though I wasn't in the Leo Messi film. So we've finished it and we're in the process of um, getting an offer from Universal Studios. Um, they've seen it a couple of times. And we'd imagine that over the next couple of weeks, we'll understand what it is they want to offer us to be our distributors around the world. And we've had other offers from television stations around the world to show it. So that is a new and exciting project. Um, I'm listening to the new Arcade Fire single. It's very, very good. Um, kudos to you for your traipsing around the country to record um, blogs or podcasts with Charlie McGarry, because I'm reading The Ghost of Helen Addison so far. So very good. And if anybody else is looking for summer reading, what am I going to say except for read the Peter Bragg detective novels by Jack Lynch? They're very, very good. Okay, I'm just going to look back to the to the film um, because not everybody who listens to the podcast and hopefully will be listening to this one, although it's something a bit different to the beginning of you, will be aware of the chain of events and what's coming up. So this is the film version, basically the film documentary adaptation of Graham's book, Barca, the making of the greatest team in the world. It took the spine, you know, the, the spine of the breaking down of the chapter, starting at Wembley, going through the the background of why Barcelona play this way, introducing the themes about um, Cruyff development, um, the highs and lows of Abidal's illness, and the influence of men like. Xavi or Puyol on the squad, the, the rearrival of Pep at his club, the, the, the players who admit now, retrospectively, the thought when he explained to them what he wanted to do, that he was crazy, literally crazy. And the period of time in which Pep won his trophies with you know, direct interviews, original exclusive interviews that are, are updated and new from the book, because some of these, the majority of these players were interviewed for the book, but this is now them being interviewed with a greater degree of, a far greater degree of retrospect and hindsight and saying things that they haven't said before in some instances. So um, the the film won't just be recognisable um, because it's based on the book and has some of the same structure as the book and some of the same participants, or even the fact that it's called Take the Ball, Pass the Ball, the making of the greatest team in the world. Um, I think that there's a similarity in that it, what it tries to do is explain in depth, A, about that era, be about the personalities of the players that people sort of fell in our football sense romantically in love with. And finally, it also tries to explain a bit about the, the philosophy of the club in terms of what the ball is for and how to develop footballers. But it casts ahead too. It finishes on an upbeat, forward-looking note. So the film is called Take the Ball, Pass the Ball, and we'd very much like to believe that in the from the late autumn onwards, 
you'll be able to see it maybe in cinema and then on download and maybe on on some terrestrial satellite televisions too. So it's it's been a it's been a fun testing long project, but it's at that stage now where it's on the goal line. Great. Um, I've been lucky enough to um, see an advanced version of it, and if Graham's sell there or his description hasn't been enough. If you enjoyed watching the football of Pep Guardiola's Barcelona, if by chance you've read Graham's book on the same era uh, and enjoyed it, then you're going to love this film. If you love football, you are going to love this film. And when Graham says that he got to the vast, vast majority of participants in that era for new interviews, some of the stuff these guys say is is just amazing. Um, look out, especially when the time comes for Danny Alves' contribution to Sony at this point. <laughs> We'll keep you. We we will keep you bang up to date um, with what's happening with that movie on this podcast, the Big Inside View. This has been, I guess, we can call it a pilot. Well, you mentioned pilots, so all I can really do is say, oh, 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 it's magic, you know. Loved the Big Inside View. Nice way to start. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.